Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings and salutations. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, shapes, sorts, and sizes? This is Josh Belcher, host of the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. What a phenomenal lineup we have for you this week. We have voice winner and singing sensation Chevelle Shepard. We have announcer Ray Flores for Premier Boxing Champions. What a list. Both people told me some really awesome stuff. I was intrigued to be in their presence and to learn from them. I love this podcast because there's never a dull moment. So that was an awesome time, and I hope you enjoy the interviews. Uh, not a lot going on this week to mention. Just uh, your physical therapies for my arm. Um, bought a car, returned it because it was what we call a lemon I'm very disappointed about that because it was one I always wanted to own. It was a little Dodge Caliber. Now, if you've ever seen one of those, it just reminds me of a turtle shell. And it was a metallic silver, but I had a pipe dream of painting it, I guess, green, putting Michelangelo's bandana around it, and making it into my own personal Ninja Turtle. I know that's crazy. I'm 38 years old. What in the world? am I thinking? But needless to say, I brought it home. It wouldn't start. Uh, It was hard to get it out of park. Just a bevy of nightmares. So I graciously returned that bad boy. Now I'm on the hunt for something else to occupy my time. But without further ado, let's get this podcast rocking and rolling. Thank you. Uncharted and away we go. This episode of the podcast, I was really psyched to interview announcer Ray Flores of Premier Boxing Champions. Now, I came to know about him because uh, he uh, announced a fight between local Tennessee champion, super middleweight champion, Caleb Sweethands Plant. Now, Ray has one of those classic announcer voices. It's like a tribute to yesteryear where you really feel what he is saying as he is calling the boxing event. So I talked to him about his career, how he came to be, and what he's got going on. Very awesome interview. That's next on the Uncharted Podcast. Ray, as I was saying, you got the perfect voice for announcing. Uh, You know, just curious, how did, uh, you know, with Premier Boxing Champions there on Fox, and, uh, you know, I've really been following it a lot here lately. Uh, What's the origin story? When did you know that uh, this is the career path for you? Have you always just been good at uh, speaking? (laughs) Uh, well, you know what, Josh, you're very kind, but what the thing is, is I always knew early on in my life that I wanted to be involved in sports, and I grew up watching Julio Cesar Chavez and, you know, the the days of Mike Tyson, but Chavez was really the guy that I gravitated towards, so watching him, and, and Chavez is the greatest Mexican fighter of all time, that was a big thing for me growing up and being around my, you know, growing up with my dad and my uncles, they were all big Chavez fans, so that's where I got the bug for the fight business. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I was doing public access TV, and there was a local MMA fighter named Miguel Torres who was really starting to burst onto the scene. He happened to go ahead and become the WEC Bantamweight champion in the world, but this was when probably 2004, 2005, before MMA was regulated. So we started you know, doing interviews with him, 
And then I started announcing and doing commentary for his fights. We showed a week later on public access TV. And then I went to Columbia College, did an MMA and a boxing radio show. And then the rest just kind of built from there. Started off, you know, announcing for a local MMA promoter named Joe Goitia with the Total Fight Challenge. And then another promoter called me up and it's kind of built from there. And I did a lot of local shows in Chicago and Northwest Indiana and then you know, when I graduated college, I went over to England and started working for 10th Legion Championship Fighting and, you know, did local promotions in Chicago uh, still for Hits Boxing and Acom Productions. Got with Golden Boy in 2011 doing their solo book sales series. Went from Golden Boy to then Artie Palulo Banner Promotions doing Friday Night Fights. And then hooked up with Tom Brown of TGB Promotions in December of 2014 and then PBC was born in March of 15, and then Tom invited me out to do a press conference in June of 15, and I did that for him. And then in July of 15, I got with PBC doing all their ESPN shows, and then the rest has been history ever since. That's cool. Well, I mean, like I said, uh, in my opinion, you're you're perfect for it. I mean, you, you got that great voice, and it just it comes over so boisterous. And, and you know, I love to hear you talk and, and do the moderating and everything. And uh, like I said, you know, kind of briefly, uh, I discovered you through um, – you know, we have a local boy here out of Nashville I'm super proud of, uh, Caleb Sweethands Plant, who's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, retaining his belt. You know, I know you work with his wife, Jordan, and what a story he's got, man. It's it's like a true Cinderella man in every sense of the word. And it's just so exciting to follow him as he continues on his, uh, you know, his retainment of the belt and uh, all that good stuff. I've known Caleb Plant. I've been fortunate enough to know Caleb Plant for about five years now, and I've watched him grow from being a prospect to a contender to a world champion. And I can tell you that Caleb has always believed in himself. He's always had this passion for boxing, and he's a student of the game. He loves it. But at the end of the day, he works so hard, and that's what is so you know, emblematic of why Caleb is where he is, is that he works so hard and he puts him, you know, he puts in the work. He has a wonderful trainer in Justin Gamber and his father, Richie Plant, great strength and conditioning coach, Larry Wade. I mean, you know, Caleb has been built the right way, but also he's done the work. And Caleb has always said from the beginning, I'm going to be a world champion. And everything that Caleb has said he is going to do He's done. And for me, Caleb and I have this, you know, know, there's something special between him and I in this sense. I announced when he became the world champion. So I said, and the new. In in January of 2019, when he beat Jose Luis Cuscatiqui. And then literally in the locker room, and I wasn't there for that, but he proposed to Jordan Plant, his, his wife now. And, I mean, that was just such a special moment. I've known them both for a long time, and I couldn't be happier for both Caleb and Jordan because they are a wonderful – and they're a special couple, and it's just great to see both of them succeed and and do it together, you know, to be frank with you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great story, and I haven't had the opportunity to meet him yet. I sent him some photos, and he was kind enough to autograph them and – but everybody I've dealt with that, that knows him, including the uh, the guys here in Nashville that are doing the documentary of him, say he's just a class act. I mean, yeah, he might be a terror in the ring, but you couldn't meet a kinder person, but he's just driven. And that motivates me because, you know, he I, I like seeing a, a, whole, a, a local person do good. Well, also, too, you know, you're from Nashville, so 
You know, Caleb Plant is doing a lot for the Nashville area. And also, I mean, look what, you know, he's been able to be a great example for not only you, but also another young fighter in the lightweight division who I'm high on, Austin Dulay. You know, I yeah. know Austin and his father, Fred Dulay. And, uh-huh. and you know what? Austin's had a couple of stumbles in his career, but he's coming back. He looked terrific in his last outing. So, you know, Caleb has been a big brother to Austin Dulay, and Austin's following in those footsteps. So, you know, the Nashville area is really starting to, you know, come around. And, and to see the reception that Caleb got last year in Nashville at the Bridgestone Arena on February 15th, I mean, that was special. That was something that, you know, we talked about years before. And to watch him get the admiration and the love from the fans was nothing short of remarkable, and I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, it was great. That was one of the last outings I was at where we weren't masked up and we were, you know, shoulder to shoulder with human beings. You know, the good old days, I miss them so much. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt. You and I both, my man. Yeah. What um, and, and, and forgive me if I say the name wrong. I, I, I followed your conversation with him the other day, but uh, Benavidez, is that correct? Yes, David Benavidez, yep. Uh, uh, are, they, are those two ever going to tussle, you think? I think they will, and um, but it all depends on when. So I, I think they will go ahead and they will collide against one another. Uh, when that will be, I don't know. I think that's further down the road because it looks like Caleb will be in line to potentially match up against Canelo Alvarez, assuming Canelo's victorious against Billy Joe Saunders. Caleb yep. just beat his mandatory and Caleb Truex back at the end of January. So you know what? It all depends on if Canelo is able to beat Billy Joe Saunders. And I think if that happens, then I do believe we get Canelo and Caleb Plant, which I think is an amazing fight. Yes, that would be a, that would be a great one. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I've been on the message boards defending my boy a lot <laughs> against the, those people talking about Canelo. Nothing against the guy. I'm just, uh, you know, hometown proud. But um, have you – and another thing that interests me, like I said, talking about you know, and and I don't know if this is also the correct way to put it, but when you moderate these uh, pre-fight like uh, interviews where the where both the fighters are together, mm-hmm. um, uh, what what's one that was really memorable for you as far as like being a part of that? Because it seems like you being the center point, you know, the moderator, you got to have the level head because there's a lot of tension in those rooms, or at least it seems like it. You know, right before they get ready to fight and they're talking to each other and everything. Yeah, well, the biggest one, and this is not even close, is when I did the Mayweather-McGregor press conference in London. Uh, (laughs) That was unbelievable because we had over 11,000 fans at the Wembley Arena. Uh, This was the first time that Mayweather-McGregor had been in a boxing ring together because if you remember that press conference, they were in a boxing ring And to hear the passion from the Irish fans, 5,000 fans came from Ireland just for that press conference. So that was a remarkable and an electric atmosphere. It felt like a big fight atmosphere. So that was the number one press conference. Another one that stands out uh, was when Tony Harrison fought Jermell Charlo the second time, and this was a month before and they were just going at it. And I felt the tension in the room, and I'm like, man, I hope these guys don't start throwing at each other right now because I don't want to get in the way of this. I mean, 
you know, there have been times where I've, I, I've had to get in the middle and separate guys, and is it something that I want to do? No, but you know what? Hey, I'm a man. I'm going to go and do it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's what you have to do sometimes. So mm-hmm. uh, those are two that stand out. And then another one is when I had to pull apart Caleb and Mike Lee when Caleb defended his title back in July of 2019, and I had to get in the way of them. And I know both guys, and I was telling Caleb, I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, you know, I'm like, come on, you know, if you guys want to punch each other and, and, you know, put your hands on one another, let's do it Saturday, do it Saturday, do it Saturday, you just get paid doing it, you know, so those are a couple that stand out to me. Yeah, that was going to go around to my next question. Have you personally ever lost your cool and got kind of ticked off when a boxer gets out of hand? Like, have you ever gotten uh, emotional yourself like okay this guy will just not calm down or or he's you know he's thrown a punch and accidentally hit you in the arm or something have you ever gotten upset yourself no nothing along those lines i mean i've been really fortunate the guys have been uh you know i know that they get testy with one another but you know they know i'm just doing my job and and for me and as i i look at them you know like i understand why there's animosity i mean you're having a guy you're standing across the ring from somebody and and talking to somebody that wants to physically hurt you and take food off of your table. So I don't really get upset about that stuff. The only thing that I ask is that like, look, when you, when I'm in the middle, and I'm trying to separate you, like, you know, just kind of, you know, back down a little bit. That's all. Like, I'm not asking you to back down from your opponent, but just back down just so that I don't get, you know, hurt or, you know, yeah. get you know, jostled around or whatever the case may be. So, you know, so that, that was, um, that that's my thing, and and the guys have been great. I mean, I've been in some tense situations. You know, Caleb and and Mike Lee, uh, David Benavides, Jay Leon Love in in March of 2019 at AT&T Stadium. But you know, the guys, uh, I don't take it personally, and you know, the guys look after me, so that's all I really care about. That's good. Yeah, I, I was just I was just curious as, as that kind of stuff that goes on because it does seem like sometimes, you know, like you said that they're they're you know the food on the table and, and fighting and everything. It seems like. You know, a lot, a lot of heat is exchanged, and I was just yeah. Curious. And, and uh, now you announce other sports. I know MMA. Do you do anything uh, uh, other than that, or anything you've ever wanted to do, like uh, football or anything of that nature? I know you're a big Bears guy. So oh, I'm a big diehard Bears fan, and you know, hopefully, I'll be able to do football down the line in in my career. I'm a big, you know, NFL guy, also college football fan as well. Uh, I did Big Ten wrestling for the first time this season. You know, calling the action on the Big Ten Network. I actually was a reporter for the Big Ten Championships that happened this past uh, weekend at Penn State, which was marvelous. And, uh, you know, I had a blast. It was it was great. The fans were amazing, uh, you know, on television. There were limited fans in attendance. But, you know, I had a blast doing Big Ten wrestling and, you know, hope to do more things, honestly, because uh, the more you can do in this business, the better. And I just love sports in general. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and you have, uh, and like I said, I'm not just blowing the sand up your trousers, but I, I think you could do a lot of different things. You just have one of those great voices. It's like a, it's like a classic throwback. Like like you don't hear it as much anymore. Like your Howard Corsells and, and guys of that nature. Um, well, I, I appreciate it because I'm an old soul myself. So you know, I, yeah. I look up to those you know old <laughs> legends and stuff. You know, without yeah. those guys, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in. That's it, you know, to hear a fight and, and hear it called and hear somebody announce it. And you, as it's going, you feel it happening as well. You just can't put a price tag on that. But uh, speaking of the Bears, I know my Titans have made some crazy moves the last couple of days. Uh, what are they doing, and what do, what do you want them to do in the draft? What I want the Bears to do is I want them to draft. Uh, unless we 
trade our first-round draft picks for uh, Russell Wilson, which I would be thrilled about. Yeah. I would like to see them get some offensive linemen because the Bears have major issues on the offensive line. And I think we saw, especially with what happened in Tampa, when the Buccaneers' front four was – they just literally – went all over and had Pat Mahomes running for his life. An offensive line is probably, you know, the most important, you know, area that you can think of because you're protecting your quarterback. So I want the Bears to really load up on the offensive line. And, and also, you know, I want to see them get, um, you know, a safety and stuff. I think, you know, guy like Eddie Jackson has regressed a little bit. So, But the offensive line is the most important thing, in my opinion, as a Bears fan. Yes, no, I, I agree. I agree a thousand, uh, hundred thousand percent. You got to have a have a good line if you want to get anything going. Um, I, I actually interviewed. I want to talk to you about this guy. Um, I actually interviewed this gentleman. He was on the card with Caleb. I was very impressed with him, and it was not because of his uncle they kept talking about, but the way he hit was so hard. And his name is uh, Brandon Bad News Lynch. What What do you think about him? I think he's a very motivated and uh, very intelligent, well spoken uh, young young man. Brandon Lynch has got a big upside. I like how he pops. You know, he enters with the jab. He has good fundamentals. The kid can really crack. So I'm excited to see what the future has to hold. There are a lot of young guys that are blossoming in boxing, and, and Brandon Lynch certainly has the opportunity to continue to make a name for himself. Yeah, pretty pretty cool kid. And I told him when I, when I approached him for an interview, and I said, don't worry. They mentioned Eddie Murphy was your uncle 75 million times. I will not say a word about it. <laughs> what um have you ever um this is just curious have you ever called uh anything and like been so enamored with what was going on like that you almost forgot to talk about it as it was happening like you're seeing something and you're so fascinated with yourself as a fan of the sport or anything that you almost forget that you're describing it to everybody uh have there been uh yeah. You know that that I forget. Your question is: Have I forgotten about things that? Um, well, like, th- th- yeah. Let me try to. Uh, what I mean is, like for for me, I don't have the talent to do play by play, but I respect it and I admire people that do. But like, if you were watching a a, a boxing match, or you or you're commentating on that, or you're commentating on a football game or anything, have you ever watched a play or a certain performance where? You you were so invested in it, like oh I can't believe that just happened and just knocked him out or he just scored that touchdown that you kind of pause for a minute and forget that you're having to describe it to everybody as it's happening. No, you know why and I don't mean to like boast it, but it's like I'm so focused on what I have to do. A lot of times I don't even and I never understood it because like like Caleb would talk about it and fighters talk about it. They're like you know some, when we're fighting I don't even hear the crowd. The reason why they say that is because their focus is on a different level. That's how I am in the sense that like, I'm so locked into what I'm doing that my focus is on a different level. Like, I am so focused on what I'm doing that I'm, my mind is just operating so fast. So yeah. I don't – like when, when you're saying something like that, it's like, you know, I look back on it sometimes. And I'm like, man, it's pretty cool that I called that, but – when I'm in the moment, I'm so much in work mode that, you know, I don't, you know, very rarely do I ever, like, I'm so, like, hands-on with what I'm doing that I'm just in such work mode, you know? Yeah, and, 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 and I, you know, I was just curious. I mean, you are very professional, but 
the reason I wanted to know, and like I said, I don't have the gift to do that, but like an example, you know, if I'm watching the Titans and let's say, uh, you know, Derrick Henry breaks away, you know, 85-yard run, I would not have it in me. I would be going ballistic. Like, I'd forget to say, oh, my gosh, you know, the 20, the, the 15 or whatever, I would just be like, run, Derek, run. You know, I'm just – I'm always wondering uh, what goes on in a guy's mind such as yourself when you're doing something like that. Yeah, no, I, I'm more about uh, – you know, I'm just so locked in with what I'm doing and everything. But, you know, I look back on – I'll watch highlights afterwards and be like, oh, that was pretty cool that I called that. Or, you know, that was awesome. Or what a moment, you know. Yeah. Great. That was cool. I was just, just curious. And uh, – uh, last thing, and, and like I said, once again, thanks for talking with me. It was a thrill. Uh, big fan. Of course, Josh. Um, definitely, man. Thank you. Yeah, what, uh, what, what's going on next for you? What, what's, what's, what, what are you looking forward to you doing here in the coming future? Uh, so what I'm doing is I'm, uh, you know, I don't know what you're planning on releasing this, but I'm doing Showbox for Lou DeBella's DeBella Entertainment. I'll be doing, uh, you know, I'll be calling the David Benavides fight against right. Ronald Ellis coming up on Saturday for the international audience. And, uh, you know, have a couple weeks off because I've been on this, you know, wonderful run and then, you know, waiting for our spring schedule to come out when it comes to premier boxing champions and stuff. So very excited about what the spring has to hold and, you know, just really looking forward to just keeping the uh, momentum going. And, uh, you know, there's so many, you know, great young fighters out there. And, you know, I'm just proud to be a part of all the entities I work with. I'll be down in Tampa on April 23rd for Debella Entertainment on UFC Fight Pass. So excited about heading down to Florida and, you know, just always being by the phone because you never know when it's going to ring. And whenever it rings, you better be ready to take it because that's when opportunity happens. On this week's Uncharted podcast, an 18-year-old young lady who has a lot of talent for just one person, that would be Chevel Shepard. She was winner of The Voice she was Team Kelly Clarkson. She has a phenomenal voice, and she is a fan of traditional country music, and I think she's going to bring it back in a big way. That interview's next on the Uncharted Podcast. Enjoy. Chevelle Shepard, uh, let me just say uh, what a mighty voice for such a young person. Uh, just floored me. Uh, big fan. Thank you for taking the time to talk to the Uncharted Podcast today. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, just uh, uh, really impressed. Uh, March 26th, uh, Everything's Got a Story is coming out. That's got to be awful exciting. I'm really excited. It's been a long time coming, and I'm really excited for everybody to hear it. Yeah, that's cool. And I was talking earlier um, about um, your name, which I really, really like, and I, I understand your father is a big uh, automotives guy, and you have your own Chevelle, which is even more impressive. Yeah, my dad, He's a, he grew up loving hot rods, and um, he passed that along to me, and so that's how I got my name. And um, after I won The Voice, him and my mom got me a 1972 Chevy Chevelle with the 454 in it. Oh, my gosh, how awesome is that? And, of course, there's that cool rock and roll band named Chevelle as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're awesome as well. Yeah, um, so, um, and I, I understand you got a lot of heavy hitters right for you on this, this EP. That was awesome. I mean, a lot of big names uh, contributing to this cause. Yeah, it's an honor to have some songs um, written by um, amazing, amazing writers and singers. Casey Musgrave, uh, phenomenal. She's so talented. Same with Shane McAnally, Kellis Collins, Dave Fenley, all of them. I love them, and it's an honor to have um, an EP written by amazing people. That's so cool. That's so nice of you to say. Yeah, 
I saw those names. I was well, I was like, wow, if you're going to get started, that's some names to have uh, have pinned and some stuff for there. Yeah, they're amazing. And um, and, and your voice, and I know you've heard it a billion times. It's not like anything anybody's ever heard, which is perfect for music. When you when you got to find something nobody grabbed onto yet. But uh, what what impressed me, being an older guy myself, is you like the traditional country. You like uh, Loretta Lynn, Tanya Tucker, and people like that. Um, uh, I mean, how how did that come to be? Were you just raised listening to to the uh, classic stuff? Yeah, my mom and my dad, they both love the classic country, and my dad loves classic rock. So I always tell people that I grew up with the best of both worlds. I got to hear all the traditional music, and um, just growing up, I gravitated towards the country music and just fell in love with it and always listened to it growing up and knew that that's the kind of music that I wanted to I wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. Well, with a, uh, with a champion uh, from The Voice, have, have you met any of these ladies yet or, or, or collaborated or sung with any of them? Yeah, I got to meet Loretta at her birthday um, a while back, and I cried the whole time I talked to her. I just I always looked up to her and love her as a person. She's always stayed true to who she is and stayed true to her music. And I, um, whenever I met her, it was a dream come true, that's for sure. And I also got to meet Tanya Tucker. I met at the same same event, actually, because I sang one of her songs in The Voice. She knew who I was, and that was crazy. I gave her a big hug, and I got to meet both of those. Those two are my favorites. So um, it was really amazing to get to meet meet heroes of mine. Yeah, that's so cool. Trailblazers like that. And uh, Tanya Tucker, I don't know about Loretta, but I know Tanya was a young lady just like you when she uh, took the world by storm. So that had to have been uh, really cool to kind of mingle with her, especially to know who she who you were. That probably threw you for a loop. Oh, yeah, definitely. My mom videoed the whole thing. Well, she thought she videoed the whole thing, but I think everybody was so excited. She might have forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. I, I've probably been in the same boat. And, uh, you know, accomplishing so much at such a young age, only 18 years old, uh, uh, do you have any more goals? It seems like you've hit the pinnacle. Uh, do you have anything else on the horizon that you're trying to accomplish? I do. So I do I do music as well, and I do music and acting as well. Um, cool. But I really want to – I want to win awards. I want to sell out big stadiums, arenas around the world. I want to sell a lot of records. I just want people to know how I love music and spread the joy of music. And then um, I want to think at the Grand Ole Opry, be inducted into the Opry one day. I have a lot of goals that I'm really, really working hard to accomplish. But I also, on the acting side of things, I want to be in some movies and some TV shows, which I've already started accomplishing. So there's a lot of goals that I have, um, um, and I'm hoping to hoping to see those succeed sometime soon. Yeah, well, all the stuff you said, I, I don't doubt in my mind you're going to do it all in, in your illustrious career. Uh, uh, everything you, you named, I see uh, happening probably sooner than later. But uh, you know, look Thanks. forward to seeing it as it unfolds, and and that's cool. There's there's nothing wrong with having more than one iron in the fire, especially you know Nashville. Uh, and I know it's close to Georgia, where it seems like they're making all kind of movies and TV shows. So you'll probably get to do a lot of that as well if that's what you so desire. So that's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. And um, uh, so speaking of, do you have? I know it's you know the pandemic and everything. Do you have a tour planned or? Or anything, have you tried to book some shows, or, or what's going on with that? You know, everything is still up in the air right now. I had a lot of shows in 2020 that got postponed or um, canceled, but 2021, there's some that I have um, in the lineup right now. I'm just hoping that they all pan out. So everything's kind of up in the air, but I know we're all hoping for the best. Yeah. 
I understand. And then during, you know, not only the voice and everything, but uh, I, I read you were one of the people that graduated or was attempting to graduate during the pandemic. Um, if it hadn't been for this um, coronavirus, uh, with your schedule as being, you know, a performer and, and rising to stardom, would you have went to a normal high school anyway? Or, or were you dealing with that? Or were you already to the point where you're kind of like having tutors and homeschool and things of that nature? You know, so whenever I went to The Voice, I they my high school they worked with me and they transferred my classes online where I could work on my own pace. So I did that, and um, whenever I got home from The Voice, I still continued to work online. Um, and the only time I would ever really go into the high school was to see some of my favorite teachers or um, get my casting gown and stuff like that. But no, I graduated during the pandemic, which was crazy. I literally drove through a line in my dad's truck with him, and my mom, and um, got my diploma and everything that way, which was definitely weird. I really wish that I could have gotten a normal graduation, but I'm just really proud that I was able to juggle the music industry and high school at the same time. So that was that was something I was proud of in itself. Yeah, because uh, I have a daughter that's 20 now, and she graduated not too long ago, and I know how hard it was to, you know, school because, I mean, just – and then, let alone you were becoming a, a superstar as well. So I know juggling that had an astronomical, and, you know, congratulations to you. That really says a lot about you. Uh, being able to graduate and not only and <laughs> being on your way to being a megastar as well, so very impressive and good job. Thank you. Um, now, um, I've seen some of your videos and stuff, and, and earlier today as I was sitting, I was kind of watching your voice highlight reel to see if there's anything I missed, and um, every bit of it was awesome, and it was true, truly a highlight, but one thing I wanted to ask you is that um, – I know you're confident in your ability, but did you get nervous at all? Because that panel of judges was a bunch of amazing singers, and you just seemed to get up there and just blow through it. Was there any jitters at all uh, getting up there in front of those people? You know, I actually never got nervous. I was just really excited to get up there and sing because that's what I love to do. I The stage feels like home, so I never got nervous. It was just kind of butterflies of excitement every time I got up there to sing because um, I, I love to perform. I love to entertain people and um, bring smiles to their faces with music. So, no, I never really got nervous, but it was it was more fun than anything. Cool. And uh, when did you start? When did you know uh, singing, uh, being a vocalist was it for you? You know, I was really, really young. So I, my sister sang and my mom sang and played piano. And my dad plays guitar and harmonica. So I come from a musical family. And um, growing up, I just started singing before I could even speak, really. And I remember my first performance in front of a live audience was I was four. And I sang a Cinderella song. I wanted to sing Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood, but they told me, you're only four. You can't sing that song. You're only four. And so I had to sing a Cinderella song. And um, as I, I just kept singing in my school. And on the radio, I would learn a new song before school every Friday and go in and sing on the air. And um, that's when I knew. I just knew I'd always loved music and always wanted to be a singer and um, I also loved animals, so when I grew up, I was like, I want to be a singing veterinarian, but now I'm just focusing on the music, and because um, being a vet, that's a lot of school, and I'm touring, I want to be touring and all that, so I don't really have time to do that, but still love animals, but no, singing has always been my passion and always been something I wanted to do since I was really, really tiny. Well, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad it, it, it came to fruition for you, um, and, and that's, that's a great Thank thing. You. you stuck with your dreams. Um and uh, the animal thing. Oh, um, this is kind of a random question, but you, you don't have a thick accent. Where where are you from? Just curious. I am from Farmington, New Mexico. Okay. 
because I didn't. I, I mean, you're very punctual, and you're very the way you carry your voice. Obviously, you can tell I'm hillbilly American, but uh, <laughs> I didn't catch any anywhere from you. So I was just kind of curious because it, you have a very clear, uh, really great voice, kind of like uh, there's no hiccups in it. So I was just wondering. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, from Farmington, New Mexico. My um, I have family in Arizona and family in Florida. So whenever I get around. My uncle, my uncle has a really thick southern accent. Sometimes my southern accent comes out from from that. But no, yeah. I heard your accent. I love it. I think it's awesome. Thanks. It's it's Middle Tennessee here, right right between the Appalachians and the uh, you know good old Music City. So thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> last last um, uh, question. I know you're busy with interviews and got a lot going on. But um, now do you have a song that's kind of like the answer to George Strait's The Chair. And if you so, could you talk about it a little bit? I do. It's called Mama Got the Chair, and it was actually the first song that I picked out for my EP. And um, one of my friends that I was on The Voice with, Dave Finley, he actually said that song to me, and I fell in love with it. You don't really – I've never heard a song that's like a call and response to the king of country music songs. So whenever I heard it, I just fell in love with the lyrics and knew that I really wanted to record it. Um, but, no, I think it's really interesting. It's a unique song. And um, the reaction that I've gotten from it has been amazing. A lot of people really like that one. I think that's one of my favorites from the EP, actually. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I hadn't got to hear it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. And I thought, that's cool. I mean, uh, you know, because everybody knows George Strait, and, and that's a great song. And I was like, oh, here's the one that's the answer. So that's uh, that's exciting. Good for you. Yeah. And that wraps up another edition of the Uncharted Podcast. Special thanks to my wonderful guests, Chevelle Shepard and Ray Flores. As always, thank you listeners for taking the time to check us out. Really appreciate that. Hope you have an awesome rest of your weekend and start of your week. And remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life. If you know anybody that would be a good guest, have them hit me up. Josh Belcher at Hotmail.com. Be careful. Be safe. Avoid COVID and any bodily damage. And we'll see you here next time. Same uncharted place, same uncharted channel. <laughs> Later. <laughs>